guys. How are you doing today? I'm Alexa, and I am on our podcast, People Bring Profit, and I'm joined by my awesome team here. How are you doing, guys? Great, great. Thanks great. for asking. Ready yep. to rock and roll. And we're joined by another special guest over there. Hey, how are you doing over there? Doing good, doing good. Patrick here. Yeah? Yeah. Where you been, Pat? Uh, I've been traveling, been traveling. A uh, little Louisiana traveler out to Gonzales, Covington, Lake Charles, Pouring into our people and uh, and making my rounds. Been yeah, great. nice. Really enjoy you being out there in the field. We had a regional manager that was on vacation, enjoying some time with her family at Disney World. It's awesome to see. And Pat went and checked on her stores to follow up with the GMs, make sure everything's good. Yeah, yeah thank love you, it. Pat. Love it, Pat. Um, guys, uh, I'm super excited about today. Today's episode is our Q and A. Right. Nice. And we yeah. love Q and As. And I do want to tell you, please go to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. And go make a comment on there and give us some questions. We want more questions, right? Yeah, it kind of mm -hmm. gives us a direction for this podcast and what you guys are eager for and, and what you're wanting to pick our brains for. That's right. Um, I'm still a little stoked about our last episode. I mean, yeah, that was Justin awesome. is still floating around on a flat cloud uh, getting to meet his guy. I am. Yeah. I am. I joined the next stream I joined. I won a very, 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 very lucky black cat. And I don't know if it was just like coincidental or, or what, but I, I'm still on. <laughs> It, it it's so cool and uh gary was so thoughtful and it was it felt so real and when you deal with people like that are that big that's what i was asking myself yeah. like is this thing gonna like feel like a figurehead or like a normal guy yeah. it felt like a normal guy yeah. that we were chatting with that just you know was it was um, it was just it was special so um yeah. And, you know, I loved watching the, the, the going back and watching it. Like you said, I'm sorry, I'm starstruck. I got to read my question. I was so nervous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's why I wrote my question down. Oh, I'm, I, I didn't want to just sit in here and fumble. I wanted to, like, be able to use my time wisely and, yeah. and ask my question. Well, what was cool about that, we got some comments on that, too. There were people saying, hey, man, you guys really took the time and, and studied it and asked the right questions at the right time and, and used, those, used your time with him wisely. I got, I got hey, guys, I will answer that question because people are asking me a lot on LinkedIn and just people that I know out there in the field on my messenger on Facebook asking me, okay, what are y'all opening next? What's going to be your yeah. franchise that you're opening? More to come on that. Yeah. I mean, me and Kim have always thought about different things that we wanted to do ourselves. We talk about it at the dinner table with our family. And, um, and you know that 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 kind of sparked a spark in me again to kind of get that conversation going on. So it, it watered the seed, right? It, it did, it did. Um, but y'all don't. I, I know y'all might be jealous, but I think me and this guy clicked. Yeah, it sounded. I, mean, like I just said that street. on my heard update call. I felt it. Yeah. You guys are from the the same school. Hey, hold on, of, hold on, hold on. Yeah. He's, he's texting right now. Yeah. Hey, can I get right back with you? <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have lunch today. Nice. You ask him to follow our podcast because yes. if he's in your phone book, he should be. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, hold on. Give me a, a glass Z. of wine. Yeah. A to um, Z. Yeah. Glass of wine. Um, but no, that was pretty cool. And uh, you know, that's one of the questions that we have today. And uh, let's start this little Q and A off, really. Okay. Yeah. Let's start it up, Pat. What we got over there? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, let's start this with Justin. Um, what makes us as leaders more wiser? All right. So the, the way that I approach becoming more wise as a leader is, is definitely um, listening to others around me and making sure that I'm absorbing as much information as I possibly can from either people I look up to, um, you know, books or influencers that I, I have a lot of respect for. I see their styles and their outcomes. And I think ultimately led with data. So I'm a data guy. So I'm going to look at the numbers first and that's going to steer me way followed by listening 
is where I think you can make the best decisions. And the further up in leadership you get, there may be less decisions that they become harder and harder and harder. So if you lead with data and numbers, that's great. Also listen to everybody around you and absorb all of that information and then try to make the best call. I think that makes you, you know, that makes you very, very smart in decision making. The wise piece too for me is then having the self-awareness to go back and say, did I win or lose? And if I lost, how could I have done it better? And applying, you know, you know, either adapting or learning more or whatever you have to do to, you know, sharpen that knife. But I think wisdom comes from all three of those things. It comes from data, it comes from learning and listening, and then it comes from self-improvement or self-reflection and just the awareness of if you won or lost and being able to go back to that place and uh, rinse and repeat. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, you know, I want to I love getting these questions like this because listening to you two, I mean, uh, we sit around the conference table a lot. We sit in the offices a lot, but man, hearing y'all, I, I learned from that. And that's me ga gathering more wisdom. Just listen to you answer that question Thank you, and hearing you answer those questions. I so, really live it as much. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something yeah. that I am, I am wired to function in that way and some good and bad, right? Because yeah. like, I'll, I'll stick to that script no matter what. That is how I am wired. Um, but I think that's where wisdom comes from for me. Well, it's important for me, you know, being a CEO of the company and being over you a little bit mm -hmm. in some aspect that I know that where you're getting that from and then I know how to coach you better. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, man. Thank you for that answer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Who, who's next? Who you yeah, asking? I'll actually kick the same question over to you, Kimberly. What makes us as leaders more wiser? So for me, my wisdom, of, of course, it's what I'll just start with this. Wisdom is through knowledge, right? So yeah. knowledge comes in through experience. Knowledge comes in from self-development. Knowledge comes in from seeking advice from others, you know. So all of that is building your knowledge base. But for me specifically, what I love about why being wise or wisdom is I go back and I draw from my biblical faith background. Mm -hmm. God says that if you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you abundantly. And so I relate that my right now I'm, I'm this is crazy that we're talking about wisdom yeah. on our podcast because yeah. right now I'm reading in the book of Luke and and Luke chapter eleven was just my reading on the the uh, yesterday, and what Luke says was ask, seek, and then knock, and so for me that just ties up my wisdom because you ask, and then you seek for the knowledge, and then you have the most important part of that step is knocking. And once you get the knowledge, then you make your decisions, your wise decisions, and you have to actually do the physical yeah. aspect, and that's the knocking. And, and it's just like our leaders and our stores are in our brands. When we talk about COGS or when we talk about labor targets, we have the wisdom and the knowledge of what we need to be a successful business. And if we continue not to meet those goals or those expectations – we're continuing to touch the hot stove, which we know is all hot, right? So we have to learn from that. And that's, we draw from wisdom. Yeah. And so for me, that's, that's how I become a wise leader is that I've, I draw from my experiences. If, if the stove is hot, I'm not going to go touch that hot stove again. I know the stove is hot. And how do I know the stove is hot? It's because I've gained knowledge yeah. by touching the stove in the past. And so... That's a pretty cool perspective. Man. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. All right. 
I don't I, Pat, we should just probably go to the next question because I don't think you need to know my answer. But Kim, I actually thought you were going to say me. I may be uh, wise. You <laughs> <are>. <laughs> yeah. No, um, man, see, yeah. Um, I'm at all. That's great. And you've always been a firm, you know, steward to reading that Bible. And I see you do it every morning. I love okay. alignment. Man. When you can align the, you know, those two things, the spiritual and the, and the work together. And, you know, it's so funny how those, they're not coincidental that you know, yeah. that, that just happened, but that it's, it's really cool. Kim and yeah, the Holy Spirit is. are like super best friends, I tell you what. So, you know, it's cool how he I'm puts so that path and this be. question comes up here today <laughs> that that on the wiser part. So uh, another way, man, awesome. Um, so I guess it's me, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I go back, I get this question asked a lot to me, but it's, it's not in this format. It's not wiser. What makes you a better leader or a better franchisee or an entrepreneur, which, you know, Gary Vee told us we're not entrepreneurs. We're entrepreneur spirit. So, which is true. Um, but Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day, you know, cause we're going to do our own thing. But, you know, I get, I don't get it asked wiser, but you know, again, I'm going to go back and go set, tell you, I, I, I really watch everybody around me. I watch every leader around me. I watch every they do. You yeah. know, um, I watch, you know, podcasts, I watch them and I watch the bad ones. You know, I watch the bad leaders out there and watch what they do. I learn more and I get wiser from the negatives than the positives. I'm always going there. Right. But, you know, I see what they do and I'm like, well, I don't want to be that way. And so in doing this, you know, forever, and I say experience, life is experience from when you really catch on to how the world works. Right. It's not like when I started or started running my first Quiznos, or me and Kim decided to um, to become a, a franchisee or buy our own business. I mean, you come from experience from the day you saw your dad, how he treated your mom. That's experience. Mm -hmm. You saw, and you should start learning experience at a very, very young age. And that's to be a great leader, you, should, you start young. You watch teachers. You watch principals. You watch coaches. You should be taking all that knowledge and building that experience. People think experience starts when you started being a, a manager. No, it starts when you were the dishwasher. You know, that's when experience starts. You know, so then also, too, I think it's emotional. You know, I used to be an emotional leader. You remember those days? Yeah. And that, that was a negative for me. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the compassion or the empathy at that time. I was being a, a, a negative leader sometimes. It was, you, sometimes you have to be tough. So I, I learned to have a little, to control my emotions. You've always told me that. Hey, slow down a little bit. Even to today, I mean, I'll have something happen in my life and you're like, I'm in the car like, ah, da, 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 and you're like, calm down. Mm -hmm. That's not being humble. Mm -hmm. You're not having compassion. You're not having empathy. So I think to be a great leader and become wiser, whatever you're doing, you gotta have some, you know, you gotta have some emotional control. You yeah. know, so I, I think of all that, and it's also too. Ooh, my phone just fell. <laughs> it was in my lap. Uh, the mindset too. You got to have a mindset in your mind to be a better leader and to be wiser. Go with an open mind. When I listen to you talk, I listen to you talk. I'm open minded. Mm -hmm. I'm learning from you guys. Yeah. Then I'm also learning how to control you two guys mm -hmm. and how to how do I you know when we see people in the field, I I become wiser learning that I got. You know, I don't know how many we got seven regional managers out there, six or now that how each of them have to be coached differently. So I watch that, too, and, and watch how y'all handle them, too. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing that I think when you do that, when you become a leader and you want to be wiser, go back to your younger age and look what you've learned in the past. And you can use yeah, that to your from it. Yeah. Yes, put yeah, it. Draw from your experience, your knowledge. And you spoke about you being an emotional leader, but 
it was that you just didn't that that was uh, not the way to lead people that you weren't you learned that that wasn't the way you were reaching yeah. and making the most use or the wisest of your time by being so emotional you learned to channel that experience through different avenues to make a real difference and that's very and so common that's in, in young leadership that yes. happens all the time yeah. even even gary v you know has a whole thing on kind candor and yeah. just the idea of delivering good hard stern messages in a kind way it's still the same message you've really played well in that space and i think you're seeing better results yeah yeah and, I, and, I, and i've done sure. that because the people around me you know have coached me mm -hmm. and, and watching other leaders like wait a minute i don't like how they're ruling that way so I need to change that. And that's why I said I focus on the negatives of a lot of stuff. You know, um, you know, I don't always look at the Google reviews and think, oh, these are all great, 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 great. I look at opposite. I look at who's negative, negative, negative. Right. Yeah. So um, cool. All right. I think we uh, got that question. We rounded Thank that one. Out. Wisdom, baby. Wisdom. What else Wisdom. we got? Yeah. Wiser. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so next question <clears throat> in our company, Into the Storm is a frequently invoked cultural concept. Chris. Can you share a significant challenge or adversity that you faced that contributed to your personal growth and development? Yeah, so um, you see a lot of shirts on that wall right there. Matter of fact, we got to sell some. Um, so, yeah, we need to sell a lot of those Into the Storm. We've got a brand new one up there, too. Uh, so Into the Storm is huge for me and Kim and the whole company. It's a culture set that I set a long time ago. It's everywhere in our stores, I mean, in our, in our uh, conference room, in my office. It's everywhere on our shirts. We get asked that question. Let's go back it up a little bit. What's into the storm mean? Into the storm to me and to us and how I've set this culture and this vision of it is, is when we have bad things happen, right? And, and a buffalo in the wild, you've heard us say, if you've watched our podcast season one, I'm going to repeat it right here. The story, go Google this if you don't believe it. Um, a, 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 into the storm truly means a buffalo in the wild, when they see a storm come over the horizon, they herd up. They herd up the strong wiser, smarter, bigger leaders get on the side mm -hmm. and the younger elderly buffalo get in the middle yeah. and they storm, they, they run towards the storm. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the other wildlife, cattle run opposite. And you think about this in your life and know whatever it is in your life that you're coming and you got a storm coming and you're running from it and it's coming and it's just cruising over the top of you. It's mm -hmm. just like you're just stuck in it longer. You know, but if you're running towards it, you run through it faster and get through it faster. And that's how the buffalo do. They get to the, you know, to the sunshine. Now they're like, okay, we went through it and they weathered it. Because no matter what, it's coming. The storm is coming. COVID, all that. I'm going to get to that in a minute. It's coming. We got to just attack it. So that's how the mindset of, of, the, of the into the storm means. Whoever's, you know, these questions that we get asked. So with that, um, you know, one of the biggest things that was, you know, my, my mindset with that was, you know, when I was first, I said this before, what kicked my storm off is and what made me the buffalo, I feel, that built me was watching my name on that chalkboard. When society yeah. was dictating who I was going to be. Mm -hmm. And those principles, first I had the nerve to write my name up there and not know me, never call me in and say, do you want to not? They yeah. were judging me from my past and my family's past. And they put my name on that chalkboard. For those who don't know that my name was on a chalkboard and it was the dropout list. When I saw it up there, why is my name up there? And they're like, because you're on the dropout list. Ha <laughs> ha, but prove you wrong. I love seeing these guys. I actually, you know, I, I, I'm just, it makes me so proud that I got to where I got today knowing that they put my name on that chalkboard. And that was the, that was that, I felt like that, I go back and get experience, right? 
Yeah. I go back and look at myself. What made me puff out? That's what built me. That's what matured me mm-hmm. immediately and, and said, I'm going to do something special with my life. So, um, you know, that was one of the biggest things. You know, then cancer is a big storm for me. Oh, yeah. When cancer came to my life and to your life, I mean, I, I yeah. looked it right in its face the first time, the 15 years ago. I looked it and, you know, I came home. You know, mm-hmm. looked at you crying mm-hmm. when I was diagnosed, went to my church, beat on my steering wheel, cried, screamed. Why is this happening to me? Then I realized, hey, it's happening to everybody. Face the storm, dude. Come on, let's go. And I went back to you wow. a couple hours later and said, hey, we're going to beat this. And you were yeah. and, and, and I told you, don't treat me any differently. Yeah. And I didn't. And, and you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> hey, Kim, can you give me a refill? No, don't yeah. your own. I yeah. got cancer. No. So that was a big thing for me. And then um, and then COVID. When COVID hit this company, I realized as a CEO of a leader, just like anything in your family, as a leader, whatever business in, when something really hits you, you got people looking at you. Yeah. Like, oh, crap, because you're the leader. If you chose to be the leader, you your dream was to be the leader. Well, you're the leader now. Who's going to herd this buffalo herd up? Mm-hmm. And we did. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking in that conference room, which is actually the podcast room. I remember walking in here and having people look at me like, what are we going to do? And we're going to like, we're going to figure this sh- beep out. Yeah. I mean, and we did. We did. We we charged it. We, we knew we had takeout. Yeah. We knew you were financially, I, you know, I'm taking the financial road. I'm going to figure this out. You went in your office, shut your door. You went operations. How are we going to do this? And, and we, we charged it. Yeah. And and that's what into the storm means. There's a lot of stuff in life mm-hmm. that you can't control. What's happening right now across the across the water in Israel and everywhere, mm-hmm. you can't control that. Mm-hmm. All you could do is pray for it and prepare for it. Mm-hmm. We asked the other day, hey, this is good bad. What do we need to do? Well, we need to make sure we have food. We need to make sure we have gas. We need to make sure we've got stuff in case we get attacked or something. Ammo, Ammo just all kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's things in life. That we cannot control. Yeah. You can control your mindset, mm-hmm. your family, <clears throat> your company, and lead them. You can't run away. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing about me in the storm, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I might took too long on that question. <laughs> no, that was, Are you uh, about to beat me with that little beat button? <laughs> that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's hear y'all's. So, I need to learn from y'all. Yeah, Come on. Justin, can you share a significant challenge that you faced uh, that contributed to your personal growth and development? as it pertains to Into the Storm? Yeah, I mean, Into the, the, the personal Into the Storm story for me is is definitely my expertise and experience comes from the hospitality and bar industry. So all I knew for many, many years, you know, through college and into my mid-20s was that, you know, drinking every night was a thing. And, you know, hindsight, some of my worst decisions, most of all my worst decisions revolved around that one common denominator and thing. So when my children were born um, and just, you know, with circumstances at hand, I made the the life choice to, you know, not drink anymore and not have that influence in my life. So the into the storm for me is I'll lead any herd um, with a cool, common, collected, straight arrowed mind all of the time unequivocally. And that's what I have to offer people that I, I will always be in that mindset. And also, you know, the adversity in that is... It, it takes a long, long time to break cycles, right? So I grew up in a, you know, an alcoholic household, and I'm breaking a cycle from my family and my own interpersonal demons and thoughts. Um, and over time, it gets better. You find new highs on new lives, and you just lead that herd in a more 
proud way and those thoughts and things go away. So there's no adversity for me anymore. There's no thoughts of, did that make me you know, good or bad? I don't have those conversations anymore. And I just, I am who I am as a result of that, you know, piece of personal adversity. So it's a big deal, especially in the hospitality industry, right? Because you're just, mm-hmm. you're around it all the time. It's being sold to you. You're selling it. You have to learn. You have to be intimate with it, right? So you have to really know the inner workings of it. And then, you know, really into the storm from a company perspective is when you get into leadership and COVID specifically, you know, you're going into a storm and you're not bringing the herd with you in a straight line. It's like, whoa, there's a lightning bolt over there, guys. Let's go left. Mm-hmm. And I think we in the, in our industry spend a lot of time just trying to figure out how to drive butts in the seats and provide better hospitality yes. yeah. and get more people in our restaurants. Mm-hmm. And when COVID happened, it was like nobody's allowed in your restaurant anymore. And we had to bring the herd all the way to the left. And we just had to be level-headed, create a playbook, and we had to adapt. And adapt is a big thing when you're leading people into the storm, right? It's like, we got to go left. We got to go right. And for me, I'm a straight line guy. I'm a logical guy. I go straight. I've got 20 years of experience. Follow me. And I promise you'll you'll, you'll be successful. And that was an an ultimate curveball of we needed to go left. We needed to go right. But... Um, you know, being able to make hard decisions and follow through with them and, you know, being able to adapt as you go into the storm. For me personally, uh, that that was difficult. I feel like I learned a lot through that and it equipped me to be a better leader because I'm not always I'm not a straight line guy anymore. I'm yeah. thinking of like, how do we go left? How do we go right? That's cool. Yeah. I, I like how you said that, too, Justin. Um, again, you know, is in, in our and during COVID, we all had directions, right? It's like let's let's figure this out and let's 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 take out, let's do it. And then you're you you be in your position as COO now. It's your job to kind of go left or go right, you know that because you're in the you're leading the team. So now you get directions from up top, and then they fall down, and then you got to make pivots and what. And then we get financial request or financial pressure, and then we might got to go right a little bit more this way. So that's pretty cool that you 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 notice that. Yeah. Yep. Super cool. Yep. Love it, man. Good yep. stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Kimberly, significant challenges, adversity that contributed to your professional growth and development? Significant challenges or adversity storms that have led to my personal development. So as you guys have been talking, I've been trying to roll this through my mind, and I can't really specifically name one. So as you know, if you've read or if you've listened to my bio, you know that in my life, the first 13 years of my life, I lived storms, right? Yes, you did. So there was no sunshine. So through tragic loss of father, mental illness, abusive stepfather, all the things, you know, many storms. Um, And then even after, even after in our adult life, we've had storms, right? We had, we went through infertility, we went through, um, house fires we went through house floods so we've had a literal storm uh, (laughs) yeah we have had some storms that we've faced and you're right you know you you face them head on because you know that there's hope in the morning right Mm -hmm. god gives us new beginnings in the in the next day so how has that developed me personally man it's something that i draw from yeah it's it's the house that built me and it's a house built on solid rock, a solid foundation. And so as I get the opportunity to meet leaders in in my business and as as we take on new leaders, I get to turn around and just pour into those people around me Mm -hmm. 
because I want to build them rock as rock solid as I believe I am. Yeah. And, you know, I want to pour into them and make them just as strong to face storms that we're going to face in our industry and in our business just as rock solid as I am and as just as strong as I am. And so for me, that's I, I can actually look back over my life and say, yeah, those adversities that I faced helped me be, you know, I, I call myself the Deborah of the Bible because um, she was an awesome lady. She mm-hmm. she got things done. And um, that's that just is where I pull from. And yeah. so even for you or even for Justin or, or Pat or whoever comes in my office, that's that's the place where I come from. And they know, I think they know 100% of the doubt that I pull from a place of love and a place of kind kinder. Yeah, tough love too. Yes. You know, it is. And I, I listened to you say that, and, you know, I want to say that, you know, I want to add to your, your, your answer because I in this office and I know everybody in our family, our kids know nothing rattles you much. Yeah. You know, you don't, you might show well, it. my goodness, when you've been as through as much as I have. <laughs> you, don't, you never, you never get rattled. And, and one thing that I was yeah. sitting here thinking about while you were saying that was, you know, a lot of people have storms in their life. We all do. There ain't nobody in this world that ain't got some storms going on. Yeah. Some people lock them in the house or lock them in their closet. And throw them out there. Let them go. Come on. Because one thing what you just said is a mindset that I'm going to steal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this word here because you, you let your storms build a rock-solid foundation. Yeah. A lot of people let it build mud. Yeah. No. And they stay in it. No. They're stuck in it. You yeah. should make it build you bigger, stronger. I think that's what we do as a company. We let those and and we yeah, they're they're bumps in the road, but yeah. they all is like just taking another big boulder and just and you're building your your foundation stronger. And and most people don't want to they want they want to make it like more mud. Yeah, so and and I'll just say this and and the reason why people do that. And and I had a great example for someone that did that and that was my mother, right? Yeah. My mother faced adversity, she faced a challenge, she lost her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead of her building her, you know, her future on a rock solid foundation that she could, she, she chose the easy way out. She chose suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, she ended it for herself. She continues, we continue to live it as her children, yeah. but that is one leader. I mean, you want to draw from that, right? So that made me, sh- that example right there made me say, okay, I, I'm not going to build my house in the mud. Yeah. I could, I had every excuse to. People approach me every day and say, I cannot believe that you turned out the way you did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so building your house on a solid rock foundation is very important. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, that's you know, what you said about your mother. That was a storm that she didn't face, and, and we live the storm. Yeah. We're, we're continuing to live her storm because we, we talk about it as a family. Our kids don't have grandparents. Right. And, um, and our kids are upset about it. Yeah. And but you chose to be different. And I'm so glad you did, because I got the best wife and the best CFO and the best mother to <laughs> yeah. be, be side by side. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you, Kimberly. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for the uh, question, Pat. Yeah. Babe, wow. A lot of great answers, Kimberly. I'm actually going to hit you with another question. Um, oh, boy. A l- little controversial. Uh, I feel like I feel like I love your answers to these questions. OK. In light of rising inflation and increasing hourly wages, how do you view the significance of maintaining a profitability, a profitable model in your restaurant? How I view significance of maintaining a profitable model in our restaurants. Well, listen, 
If you're spending more money than you're making, you're not profitable. <laughs> so the significance in that is everything, right? Some people... Uh, I mean, we're in this to make money. Yeah, if you go back and answer that question you asked us a while back, is what's the $22 going to do in California? And a lot of people attacked us, like, we're just not paying people enough money. It's a business model, you know? It's a business model, yeah. yeah. And so what I do, and, and I'll just give you a brief synopsis of what I do, period by period base, is that I'll just... You know, review our financial statement, and I start at the top, and I compare sales. Are we flat? Are we, you know, are we in the um, red? Are we in the black on sales? And then I'll go to the cost of goods line. You know, did we meet our goals? Did we? How big is our variance? Did we win there? Mm -hmm. And then I'll just go down and what we call our location expenses, which some people will may call their um, non-controllable cost. I'll review those. Right, if those are out of line. We'll do a deep dive, and then I'll go to the next section, and I'll do the the um, what we call our general expenses and what some people may call their non-bearable cost. Did I think I messed that up? Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're good. My train of thought is getting ahead You're of myself. You're going deep in there. Yeah. So, well, I didn't, I'm good. Just ask I love me it. the question. You're going. So that's just, where our <laughs> CFO goes. I love I'm, it. I'm going yeah. where. Yeah. Uh, that's how so you anyway. run your business model. Yeah. So you you run your business model. Okay. So if you want me to get out of the the uh, the depths of that. I'll you run your business model, and at the end of the day, you look at to see if you have profitability, right? And if you have profitability, you're able to grow your business. You're able to reinvest in your business, and you're able to, if you're profitable, your employees will feel that you're profitable because now you can pay them at a more competitor competitive rate wage, if it meets your business model. Um, so all of those things kind of tie in. So the significance for me is, yes, you have to be profitable mm -hmm. in order to run a successful business. If you're not, then... Why do it? Well, yeah, <laughs> do it. And, and you'll be snuffed out eventually, yeah, right? If you, if you spend more money than you make, you, you're not going to be able to withstand the storms. Yeah. You're going to have to close your business. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's a yep. good, good so question. So I hope I answered no, your I question, did. You did. Pat, you did. You got... Yeah, I did. Yeah, Chris... I, Oh, me. Yeah, Chris, um, how do you view the significance? Well, you know, what, exactly what Kim said. I mean, you got to be profitable. At the end of the day, when you and I'm when you open a business and this labor model that's happening and, you know, all the comments that we got on that little, you know, podcast and the reels that we had and all the negativity that, hey, I, I'm, I'm running a, a restaurant. I'm not your federal government. I'm not your state government, right? It's not my responsibility that out. It's my responsibility to to buy a business or invest in a business or run a business and make the, the investors or the banks happy. If I open a business and we have a labor model, we have a food cost model, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like Kim said, the, the controllable expenses and you know our rents rates and stuff. So we can negotiate those rent rates. We can, you know, the food cost is kind of out of control right now. We don't, it's hard to see because one day it's here, next day it's there. In the labor rates, it's right. It's what people are honestly going to work for these days. You know, a GM, or you're getting paid more than, you know, we, we were paying them 10 years ago. A cook's getting paid yeah. more than. So in the business side of it, guys, people, you got to be black and white here. you got to understand if we're going to pay people more because you want to raise minimum wage from $7. When I worked in the past, guys, when I was 16, I made 385 Mm -hmm. And then when I got, you know, in high school and, and out of going to work at, at a different job, I was making $7 an hour. Me and you opened our first Quiznos, I was making $30,000 a year. 
I lived in a little tiny condo or tiny apartment or you know townhouse. Yeah. I lived on that budget, you know, and I learned to live on that budget. That's what's wrong with the world today. Everybody wants these kids straight out of college wants to go make two hundred thousand dollars a year. It comes from experience and things. So I can't control all that. That's not my my job is to figure out the business model. And this is where we make money. And in, and, in, and, in, and that's when the, you come in and you come in on it and say, hey, we got to raise pricing because chicken wings, potatoes are double the price. We're paying our we're paying our hostess instead of nine dollars. Now we got to pay them eleven dollars. These 16 year old kids are coming in here, which that makes us pay our kitchen guys more. And it just increasing. And so we got to raise the price. So people have to understand they're griping because nobody, none of these businesses want to pay their employees more. We, but if we do, it's, you're going to pay more at the pump. You're going to pay more for milk. You're going to pay for more for everything you buy, clothing, you know, everything you're doing in the world today. And, and so then when, at the end of the day, when I go to the bank and I sit here and say, hey, what's your profit margins? That's all they want to know. They want to know. And that's like an mm -hmm. investor. They want to know what your profit margins are. Yeah. And if your profit margins have done this. And gone down, they're not going to finance you. They're not going to give you another opportunity to create more jobs. But if your profit margin is going up, that allows us to grow more, give more jobs, buy more equipment. Everybody's working more. We're buying signs. We're buying, hiring more landscapers. We're hiring more painters, hiring more mint managers, hiring more, you know, 16 year old yeah. kids that need jobs out there today and experience to move up in the brands. There's a lot of things that are happening with that. Just like if you're looking at a stock market and people are sitting here looking at their 401ks or seeing them go down because mm. these 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 companies that you invested in wiped out. aren't yeah, making as much sad. money. They're not because they're having to, to raise pricing or they're having to raise labor rates or having to buy their, you know, parts and whatever thing they're building more. So that's making that so that makes you not want to invest in that company. Same way they do with us in restaurant businesses don't want to do that. Our banks don't want to invest in us. And that's where it's all a, a, a wheel. You know, it's all a wheel. It, it, you know, everything you do, and it creates jobs. Everything that we do, our Buffalo Wild Wings is just in supplying jobs to a server, kitchen, and managers, and, you know, uh, hostesses. It's creating jobs for insurance agents, for, you know, CentOS workers, for IT guys that are working, that are building air conditions, <coughs> landscapers, you know, the garbage mans that are picking up the trashes, the big trucks. It creates so many more jobs. And that's what happens when you put so much pressure, in, and it, it's sad to see that a lot of mom-and-pop restaurants out there are closing. And the reason they're closing is not because the big competitor next door. Yeah. They're closing because of inflation. Mm -hmm. Because now the bigger companies, I'm going to use Buffalo Wings, for example, french fries have gone crazy, potatoes. We pre in double. And we're buying a crap load of french fries. Just think, Inspire owns Arby's, Buffalo's, Sonic. So they got these potatoes crops you know they're buying them at a cheaper rate but they're still going to price the mom and pops are now paying triple quadruple amounts because they don't have negotiation power you know and that's what's chasing it out it's not it's not the business us running it's the it's the economy that's running people out of business right now because inflation is high and they say that's oh, not that as high as much no it is we're paying way more for everything that we're buying everything. yeah you know what intrigued me what you just said and this is a big discussion out there that I hear yeah. is that young younger people that are coming up they're demanding more in salaries and that I, I really would like to dig in one time one episode and ask the question why what what makes you expect to go to college for four years and walk out the door and 
into a $200,000 job. Make the same salary that somebody's been there it, for 30 yeah, years or 20 years. It's odd. What happened to, because when I was in college, you know, I didn't expect to make that amount of money coming out of whatever degree that I, I planned to do. You know, it was more along in the fifty to $60,000 range. How did it inflate from that salary base to 200? I, I heard individuals, yeah. they were... I read an article on that. Yeah. That's a topic that, that we need to bring up a really little bit. I've got some stories to share there because I went to college and took a pay cut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you get in and you want you you saw the the career path. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I didn't expect to be getting CEO money because yeah. I got a degree. I'm just interested. What's driving that? I don't know. That's a whole topic that we need to get in here and, and visit about. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. No. Absolutely. Justin. Justin, take it away. I think I go to a, a a little different place. And my perspective on dealing with inflation as a as COO is literally looking at, you know, our cost of sales and saying, what are we in control of? And we're in control of our waste. So we can get laser focused on making sure that we're as doing a good of job training and developing our people and building things to spec as we could possibly do. And then I want to make sure that we're priced right. We're priced right to drive traffic and we're, we're priced right to make the right amount based on that inflation that's happening. So I think from a, you know, a COGS perspective, dealing with inflation is you're in control of your waste. So you have to really, you know, be dialed into that and then be really dialed into, are you priced right? And then the third ladder there is making sure that you're going back to that old, you know, approach of, are we selling the right things to the right people at the right time? And am I suggestive selling? And am I taking my most profitable items of my business and pushing them at my guests because they're great offerings, they would want them anyway, but it helps you avoid some of that inflation on some of those really crazy high-priced items. How I would deal with hourly wages is, is a whole separate topic. And I think you need to be a great place to work. I think you need to identify yourself as having, you know, and introducing someone with a, a great first day and retaining them and really creating an, an awesome schedule. But like going down to the basics too, and what you're in control of there is creating an awesome schedule based on a really good forecast and experience that you've had. So you're in control of making sure you can come as close as possible to what you think you're going to do, creating an awesome schedule and hit your labor targets and then adapt based on, you know, the in out times or do I need that amount of people? Or if I added this extra one, could I drive the business? And you're focusing and being laser, you know, the, the labor and the cogs, the, the waste in the schedule is how I deal with it in operations. But all of that is led with, and this applies to any businesses, if you could t- one to be a little more hospitable and drive more butts into seats, all the other stuff flows through. We talk about that. That's why we start with sales. It's like, if I can greet someone a little friendlier at the front door, even if I'm selling a watch, if I can do it with a smile and get to know you and build rapport and ask you how you're doing, maybe that person built a connection and trusts you a little bit more to buy that something extra special. So I think we're all trying to figure out how to drive more butts into our seats or our businesses. We're trying to minimize the waste the best we can, but also make things are you know are priced right based on the in- inflation at hand. And I'm sorry, guys, it's just going to keep going up. And it's our businesses. We're we try not to take price as much as we can, while everybody around us, I feel like, is just throwing their prices through the roof. But then just that basics approach of like being a great place to work. Hey, let's be real. If, I mean, I mean that fights unions, that fights unionization, and and all kinds of things that could happen to your business. And there's good and bad to to all of that. But I think if you're working on, you know, retention and you're working on being a great place, 
your financial statements as a result of all of those things will be better. Driving butts, controlling waste, you know, making a great schedule. You just have to become a scientist and feel like you're you're owning those things to the best level you possibly can because it's what you're in control of. I'm in control of offering a great experience. I'm in control of making it hot, fresh, cold, whatever it needs to be to spec. And then I'm also making sure that the right people are on the shift to accommodate you in the best manner, but there's not one extra. That yeah. one extra is where you might get be getting beat. And you have to have you know mechanisms and systems to identify that, make the tweak, and move on. Move on with your business. So Yeah. Man. That was the jersey in me. I was like speaking. <laughs> I know I was ripping that off, but this is... I, I live in that world. I'm responsible for yeah. making sure that the plans get in place for what we're in control of to execute at a high level. That, that Yeah, but but there is a fine art in inflation of our prices within the box because we oh, yeah. don't want to, you know, increase prices where we out, outdo ourselves within our market, yeah. our customer base, right? We, it's a great point. Yes. Yeah, it's a, so it's a... It's a fine it art. Is. You can raise a little bit because you don't want to price people out. I mean, everywhere you go, it's like the pricing is crazy and people still don't see that. Some That's the instinct. Don't. That's the value conversation that we talk about. Mm -hmm. It's not always raising price. It's offering value through a kick-ass experience yeah. straight from the CEO. That, yeah. 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 That's, That's the science that you're missing. That's how you deal with inflation. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's tough. Tough. But um, hey, um, thank you all. Pat, I think we had time for enough for three questions so we'll kick the others to the next show yeah um thank y'all um appreciate y'all's insight and you know yeah. all these questions are really good it's something we get asked a lot too um and it, it, the wiser question was great i love listening to y'all and i love listening to your answers on this too because sometimes when we have our meetings we don't just dive into these questions like this i mean it's this topic that we're talking about but i don't really get your total insight on it because we're in a big round table normally and, and and working business out so it's cool to hear your insight that i do want to say one thing that's been on my mind this week and, and a lot that's just happened in the last couple of days that's why i'm wearing my shirt today you know um yeah, man we need prayer we need prayer right now uh, i'm 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 not scared um, and people said, does anything scare you? Uh, no, not a lot of things don't scare me. I, I, I do think about things a lot, worry about where we're at right now in this country and what's happening in this world. It's sad. I'm going to my high school football game tonight to watch my daughter cheer in a packed stadium in southeast Texas. Parents, band members, football players, cheerleaders, drill team, you know, everybody's going to be there. And there's going to be a back of my mind thinking – is somebody here to hurt people or to make a point or to make a damn political point? Yeah. I mean, our, our religious point. At our that religious uh, point. At that I matter. mean, damn, where do we get this way in the United States and America? You know, and, and to think about it. And, and you, you all. In such a short amount of time. Short amount of time. It's like, man, mm. I, I just read it. I was watching Fox News just now or it popped up on my phone and it was like, you know, Chinese, you know, jet flies 10 foot close to a B-2 bomber. I mean, why, what the heck? Where's the respect factor, you know? yeah. And it's just, man, um, you know, we got to worry about that. You got to put that in the back of your mind, you know, what's happening in the world. And you, you, we need to reflect on as a country and reflect as our leaders. Who's leading this damn country? And I'm all aspects. It's not just the president. It's from everybody below him, too the senators and the House of Representatives, who's controlling this place and who's doing what? You know, that's one thing I will say that I loved about President Trump when he did say, we got to clean this swamp up. I feel like there's a ton of it. 
I feel like if I was, you know, somebody asked me this question on a podcast. So I was on the other day. It's like, what if, if I could go back and change anything? And I answered that question. You asked me that at the dinner table that night. And I said, I wish I could. I wouldn't change anything about me. My rock rock. But I would say I wish I got a college education or got some higher education because, dude, I want to run for like, I, I really do. I want to run for like House of Representatives or Senator. Yeah, we need more people to run. Like regular people. That, yeah. Like normal, common sense yeah. Common sense. people. Um, I see Pat shaking his head like, Chris, you mayor need to run. Chris. Yes. I mean, mayor Chris. Yeah. It, you know, um, yeah, I don't use all those big words, though, so I, they, they probably run me out of there. And you're not, that might be you're why not, you win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, think about it because, man, it's, it's, it's bad, and, and our kids are growing up in this. When I grew up, guys, and whoever's in our age bracket, we didn't have to worry about things like this. Mm -mm. You know, and, and, and people come to this country the right way to get away from stuff like that, but now it's here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. Just we need to pray. Think about it. Pray. And when you go to the ballot boxes and whoever you're voting for, just and it, 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 you better just dig in and find out who who who's who's financing them, who's bills. Right. And make the right choice, because right now you got to think about your kids and what this future looks like 10 years. I heard a Democrat actually is I read this today or heard it today that a Democrat's going to put his hat in the hat and run against the, the president, Biden. And he, like you said, he's worried. He's worried. Well, when you're at the bottom, the only place you can go is up. That's right. He's yes. even worried. If if they don't make a change, oh, if we don't on. get new blood, new yeah. leadership, and what they're talking about, get these money guys that have been in forever. Get all those guys out. Republicans, yeah. Democrats, all of them out. Yeah. Let's start with some younger people that will rule with common sense, right, and make the right. So he said this today, that if we don't make a change in the next four years, it's going to look, this world, this world, not just America. Gonna look totally different. I believe it. Yeah, I believe so, it. Thank you guys for your time. We got a Friday night football. Huh. Okay, I'm gonna be sitting there with my head on a swivel. You know, um, big game, big game. Yeah. Um, so good luck to our teams. Good luck to all the kids out there. Play safe and um, and y'all have a good time. And thank you, Pat, for joining our show. Thank and you. Uh, we'll see you soon, guys. Thank y'all.